0: Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, Bendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. Because I don't want to sound like some of these Prozac high influencers that have just overrun Instagram and TikTok and all of the social medias. It doesn't matter if you're up on a mountaintop or down in the valley. Arkansas is always beautiful to me and I wanted to punch him in the face. What is up, all of you wayward souls, and welcome back to the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast where we tell the tales of our adventures and our wanderings and our wonderings. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all! Hopefully, some of you are listening to this tonight on Thanksgiving. It's going to drop a little bit late, um, but I decided to go ahead and record today and go ahead and drop it today because I know many of you actually travel on your Thanksgiving holidays, and you get out and do some of the things we've talked about over the last several years. Um, I've heard from a lot of you, actually, who were like pretty psyched to get this, um. well, I don't know, this idea when I was kind of like, hey, listen, I ain't got no family. I ain't got nowhere to go and I ain't got nowhere to be. So I made my own traditions and I go on a road trip. I go explore. And a whole lot of you picked up on that. And that's really cool. I've heard from several of you over the years that do that yourself. So hopefully to any of you that are out there on those long, lonesome highways tonight chasing your wanderlust and you are out there living the high life. Um, well, happy Thanksgiving to you. Be safe out there. And don't forget to drop a line and get in touch. Let me know what you guys are doing out there any way. So it is Thanksgiving I am recording today, which might come as a surprise to many of you because usually, on Thanksgiving Day, I myself am out there somewhere on some big adventure because my birthday's coming up. It is Thanksgiving. They always fall really close together, sometimes on the same day, and I usually take a trip so I don't have to sit at home and feel sad and depressed, you know, about not having anything to do. This year, though, it didn't quite work out that way, and it does kind of suck, but hopefully it's just being postponed until Christmas, and then I will take my adventure then. But I did get into an adventure today, and that is what tonight's podcast is going to be about. So I thought I would sit down and make a podcast right here on Thanksgiving evening after I'm finally dry and warm with a full tummy again. And I was not dry and warm for a decent portion of the last several hours. We'll get into that later in the episode. <laughs> But I am dry, I am warm now, I am snugged up here in Studio 119, and I am ready to get back on the mic, y'all, because we did miss a drop a couple of weeks ago. Again, you have my apologies. Um, That was one of those where there was just no possible way. There was no possible way it wasn't going to happen. So I appreciate your continued patience with me as I push further on towards my degree and trying to survive everyday life. Um before we get into the show, let's uh let's actually do a couple of updates that I think you guys are going to want to hear about. Number one, let's talk about my Leatherman real quick. Do you remember the Leatherman that died um back on the rescue that we did here about a month ago, a little over a month ago and I told you guys I would update you and let you know how Leatherman's um how their warranty claims, how 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 easy it went if they if they held true to their claim, because this thing was 15 years old, if they would hold true to their guarantee, etc. cetera. Well, they certainly did. They had it for about a week and it was back in my grubby palms in about, I don't know, 10 days total. And it is fixed right up. And I'm pretty sure it was the original one that I sent off because I think what they did is I think they just pulled it apart and they put a couple of new um, whatever the pinchers are. in there and anyway I think I have most of the same tool that I sent off which was the one that my mother gave me 15 years ago and it is fixed no questions asked they didn't charge me a dime I mean I paid to ship it out there but they shipped it back and I just they just did they didn't even send a note with it I just got my Leatherman back and it was fixed so that's super cool They hold up their guarantee for a 25-year limited warranty or whatever. So that's a cool update. I have another cool update. We actually received a message after the fact from the hiker that we pulled off of the Highland Trail. You guys may remember. Um, I think it was six, eight weeks ago now. Because, yeah, anyway, um, you can go listen about that rescue and all the details if you would like. It is in the... um, late night rescue on the Ozark Island episode and I told you guys over and over again in there I said I'm pretty sure her ankle was broken I'm just pretty sure because you know there's a difference between pain and then there's that other pain and she seemed to be in that other pain um, but I want to give you an update because she got in touch with all of us that were on the rescue and let us know what was going on and it's pretty brutal I wasn't wrong about being pretty sure it was broken. Anyway, it's really cool to hear from someone after the fact on a deal like this. That doesn't always happen. And she shared this with us and um, the public at large. So I'm going to share it with you. Anyway, she says here, this is, well, her name that I'm not going to share with you. The hiker that you rescued on October 8th. Okay, so there you go. It was October 8th. I don't know if the ER told you about my injury, so I thought I would give you an update. I had a bimalleolar fracture, and the ER doctor said I would have to have surgery. I had surgery eight days later, the earliest for the orthopedic surgeon. Both tibia and fibula were broken through, and he put a plate and screws on the fibula and three screws in the tibia. Now, six weeks of non-weight bearing. This will be difficult. I cannot thank you enough for all that you did to get me safely off the trail. It was truly incredible, the effort of everyone involved. I just saw today the pictures of the rescue on the emergency Facebook page, and they were really amazing. Thank you again for everything you did. So that's really cool, first of all. Just to get to hear back after the fact. Find out what happened. Find out that she is going to be okay. I do hope that she gets back on her feet and gets rehabbed properly, and gets her butt back on the trail with her friend, because um, I would hate to see something like that take her out, you know what I mean, she needs to get back out there, and I truly hope she has the ability to, and gets to, so if you ever happen to listen to this, Miss Ma'am, I'm not going to share your name, we hope the very best for you, we hope that you get better, and you get back on the trail, that is, um, My greatest desire, and it was more than a pleasure to be able to help you, and thank you so much for writing in and letting us all know how it went, and we appreciate that because that's not often that we get to hear. So anyway, that's really cool. Second update of the night, that was really cool. Anyway, so I've been hearing from some of you guys. I have been in touch recently with a new listener named Charlene, and I'm hoping, I think, We're going to work on a little bit of a collaboration, and she's going to help me put together an episode on some water trails. She is up out of Kansas City, somewhere in the area, and uh, she had the idea for doing some water trails. So I was like, that sounds like a great idea, and she so graciously offered, like, if you'd like, I would love to help do some of that research, and I was like, I would like you're dang right I would like. Y'all, that's the biggest some of the biggest part of the time suck for doing this podcast is getting the material together. Um, and as you all know, I'm super busy. You didn't get a podcast 2 weeks ago, did you? Yep, sure didn't because I'm so busy. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So anyway, I am glad to have you listening, Charlene. That is super cool, and hopefully we can work that out. And sometime in the next couple of months, we will get an episode out on water trails in Missouri. That would be super awesome. Um, And also, I heard, got a really nice note from a guy named Michael. Michael S. is what I'll call him. On my um YouTube channel, actually, on one of the very first videos I ever posted, I think it was the Men Who Don't Fit In mission statement of all things, um... Which was like the very first video on there, or one of the first two or three. And boy, y'all, you want to talk about an evolution from there. Like, that's the very beginning. That's five years ago, I think. That's the very beginning. That was the start before the the podcast even was off the ground. I was still just trying to build the framework, the foundation, y'all. Anyway, he come across this somehow. And he's down there in Tejas, and he's applying for... Hexar, which is a search and rescue in Texas and hoping to get in. And he was talking about being an odd duck, a man who doesn't fit in, which is kind of where this original idea started, old wayward stories before it evolved to where it is today. And um kind of just out there wandering about being a wayward son. You know what I mean? That's what this is all about. Y'all is us finding ourselves. So he wrote a really nice note and I got in touch or I emailed or messaged, not emailed, Left a comment back. and Anyway, I hope that you stay in touch. I hope you enjoy the show. Keep listening, man. Keep grinding after SAR. You'll get in there. You'll get in there, and you're going to love it. Um, and like I said um, in the message, there is a ton of videos. There are proper English. There are a ton of videos on my YouTube. You'll just have to scroll through and find them that are SAR-related. There's everything from gear to techniques to Just stories of search and rescue. There's a lot to learn. Firecraft's in there somewhere. A lot to learn in the podcast. So just scroll through there. You will find it. There's some gear reviews, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, thanks to both of you guys for getting in touch. I love it when I hear from listeners. And that's the thing, guys. I was using that as a segue. Send me an email, guys. gmail.com. Get in touch. Talk to me. Talk at me, y'all. It's my grandma. You say talk at me. Like, I want to know what you guys like about the show, what you don't like. I want to know what you think. Hey, I want some listener submissions. Y'all, we can do listener submissions all day long. If you've got some awesome adventures you've been on, send them in and let's make a podcast about it. I think that would be great. Take after Charlene and Michael. Send an email, get in touch, and let's talk about it. I think that would be awesome. MyWaywardStory at gmail.com. Anyway. I think that's enough of that. Let's get into the show for tonight. It is Thanksgiving after all. That's what I just was talking about. So, as I mentioned, I've been preaching this for a few years now because it, it did come about some five or six years ago now that I did end up with no family to um, spend Thanksgiving with. And uh, that's kind of hard. And I know there are a lot of you out there that have to deal with that. I, it touches a chord. Anytime you talk to someone, and gosh, there's a lot of uh, people just like me, holiday nomads. And you run across them on the trails. Last year, I met those fine folks from Dallas out there at um, Gila Cliff Dwellings and the Mugglin, or Muggillon, as we found out last episode, the Muggillon Mountains of New Mexico, and that was really cool. And anyway, there's kind of a brotherhood out there, brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever. There's... A little bit of a bond like you're out there, you run across these people by themselves out on a trail, you're all out there for probably more or less the same reason. And there's there's something of a brotherhood there. And that's really cool to me. Like I get to know, get to know those people a bit, usually say hi, we usually talk for a little bit. And that's really, really neat. I love that part of it. But I'm always preaching. Guys, if something has happened, you know, a lot of people don't like this time of year because they lost someone that was super special to them, a grandma, a, a parent, God forbid some folks a child. And this time of year is horrible because it meant a lot to them. So I propose to all of you, I urge you to consider, get out and live on those holidays. Make new traditions. Because I know the people that you may be lost or the family that's no longer around or whatever it is, I know they wouldn't want you to sit around and be depressed, right? What they would want is to see you living your life and moving on. And that is what I urge you all to do is to get off of the couch, get out of the house on these holidays if you don't have anyone to celebrate with, and go make new traditions, whatever you love you know I like to go explore I like to get out there and go on a big old road trip, but you might like to do something else it doesn't matter what it is y'all go do something make new traditions. I know many of you have. You've got in touch with me since I started talking about this a few years ago on the show. And I love that. I love that aspect. Sharing new ideas. Y'all, just because it's traditional to do, say, Thanksgiving a certain way, y'all, traditions, just because something's been done one way for a million years, does not mean that's the right way. Doesn't even mean it's the best way. We can do it any way we want to. Make your own traditions. I love mine more than I ever loved doing it before like the old fashioned way. I love what they become. They have very deep meaning to me. Um, But today I did not get to get out there and do, you know, kind of what I want to do and take a big old road trip this time around. But I did get out there on an adventure and we're going to talk about that tonight. I started out with the idea that I would probably go up and I wanted to find somewhere I had not been yet. Up on the Buffalo, somewhere up in the Ozarks. And uh, try to get up there and get a new experience under my belt, if nothing else. So I kind of settled on the Narrows. Or, if you're around here, it's even on Google Maps this way. The NARS. I'm going to go up to the NARS. Yeah. So anyway, what the Narrows is, is it is a, well, it's a giant bluff. It's a very tall bluff on two sides. It's a very thin stretch of rock outcropping, and to one side, as you stand on it, is the Buffalo River Valley, far, far below you. To the other side, Richland Creek Valley. You're literally standing, I don't know, at the narrowest, 18 inches, two feet, between a drop-off on one side and a drop-off on the other side. It's literally narrow, and I don't believe that's why it's called the NARS, because a narrow or a nar. On a river is usually just a place where the river kind of pinches down and that's probably what it's named after but up there above the narrows on this bluff outcropping that you can walk out on you kind of walking down a spine walking down a spine between two very steep drops and i've never seen it in person i've only seen it on the social medias so i wanted to go to the north i wanted to go up there yeah the narrows and so i set about to do that From here, in the fort, it's a cruise out Interstate 40, and then somewhere, Russellville, Clarksville, wherever you want to, you hit the road headed north, and it'll actually Google Map. However, we need to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Anyway, as you head up for Interstate 40, you're going to end up on Highway 123. And I've driven bits and pieces of Highway 123, but I've never taken it as far north as I needed to go today to go see the NARS. Oh my God, you guys, like there's a stretch, I don't know how many miles long. I'm not even going to take a shot at it. Several right before you get to Mount Judea, Mount Judea, it's actually, they they pronounce it Mount Judea here in Arkansas. Properly it's Mount Judea because it's actually named after Mount Judea in Israel, but around here again, just like the Nars, we call it Mount Judea. Yeah. Anyway. That stretch of highway is one of the most beautiful things. Like, oh my God, y'all. There are sheer bluffs everywhere you look. Far into the distance. These extremely dramatic, tall, sheer bluff faces. And I know um, at least, well, I say I know. At least what I believe. And I didn't look because I don't really have a lot of time to do this research tonight. But I know that the tallest sheer bluff, they say, between the Rockies and the Apps is Big Bluff at, you know, 550 feet, I believe it is, whatever, which is not true because there's Ludlow Bluff also on the Buffalo River that's over 600. Um, there's a couple all over there that are pushing 600, so Big Bluff's not even the tallest bluff on the Buffalo River, so I kind of don't think it's the tallest sheer bluff between the Aps and the Rockies, though I may be wrong. Maybe Ludlow Bluff is not a sheer bluff. Maybe they Maybe they treat it that way. I don't know. Anyway, around it, these bluffs like feel like they would dwarf big bluff. I've been below big bluff many times. I was like halfway up some of these bluffs, driving up 123 and looking and going, holy dear God, these are monsters. These are monsters. I was extremely impressed. And I've been on a- over a whole lot of the Ozarks, but this particular area I was going to today, I have not really ever explored it in depth. And, and the one time I think I was up there, I was actually coming from a different direction. So I didn't come through this particular area. It was extre- It was dramatic y'all. It was gorgeous. It was so dramatic. Um, and there was actually still quite a bit of color and the trees changing up on those those tree lines. You're like, down here in the River Valley, this stuff's already pretty much gone, y'all. It's pretty much dead. Um, It's all brown. There were some real oranges and reds that were kind of really glowing today, too. Like, we had really clear skies, and they were really glowing up on these bluffs. It was absolutely beautiful. That drive was so cool. And Mount Judea is also actually a pretty neat, itty-bitty town. But anyway, once you get to Mount Judea, you go on this kind of rigmarole. To go out towards the Narrows, the NARS. And I didn't, I tried, I tried to look and see the route that I went. Y'all, I ended up so far back in it. Um, I put Clementine through her paces. I mean, on the real, y'all. Like it there it was. They were old, they were they were old hunting roads. They're old hunting roads. Like they're the kind of things I ran in my old pick up trucks and four-wheelers. When I was a teenager, way back in the woods, down in the Ouachita Mountains, like stuff that you wouldn't take a normal car down. I was way back in there, and I was feeling fairly certain that I probably wasn't where I was supposed to be. But the map looked good. The roads look good on the map and I pulled out my paper maps. Like I double checked it against my Arkansas Atlas and Gazetteer. I double checked it against a couple of paper maps and it all checked out. Google Maps checked out with the paper maps. So I was like, well, I'm just going to roll with it. And, but I knew y'all, there's some drops up there. Like right off the edge of the, yeah, I was, I was concerned. There were times I was concerned about where I was, but then I'd pass a freaking hunter you know, coming down the road. He'd be looking at me too. I mean, looking at me, looking at me, he had that, like, you sure do got a purdy mouth kind of look on his face. And I was like, look, bro, like, I'm sorry. I like to be out here too. I get it. My car, my little Clementine's not as masculine as your truck, whatever. But I get 36 miles to the gallon. So who's just, what do you think now? Smart guy. Anyway, I was like, okay, well, there are people up here, a few driving, so, I mean, I guess I'm okay. Clemmy's four-wheel drive, man, she can do some bad stuff. You'd be shocked. These little Subarus, they're capable, man. So I'm like, I might, I might. So I keep going and get way up this road. Cross, well, actually, down towards the bottom, there's this really beautiful place where you cross, I believe it was Haw Branch, and it's low water crossing And Oh, my God, it was gorgeous. The water was crystal clear. It's flowing really good today. Um, but then I go up and I go through all of this stuff. Y'all, first of all, beautiful drive like it was just an absolutely beautiful freaking drive um way way back in there man dirt mud big old rocks, a little bit of a little bit of not rock crawling, but really climbing over just some bouldery kind of stuff. Like there's drop-offs everywhere. There's some huge vistas where you're just looking across these valleys, these these Ozark Highlands valleys from up on the tops of these mountains. And there's color sprinkled out all through the trees of what you know the ones that still have color. And then there's some dead trees that are all brown but then there's a whole lot of green trees, the evergreens. It was a really beautiful day. It was a really beautiful day out. It's a little on the chilly side up there, but it was a beautiful day out. And the drive alone was just an adventure. So, you know, I was still out there living my best life, right? I was still doing what I like to do. Just not where I really wanted to be doing it. But it was awesome. Totally, totally worth an adventure up there. However, that said, I get up to this place. and, And Google Maps says I need to take a right. On Quantum Leap Drive, which kind of was surprising to me. Do you guys remember Quantum Leap? Scott Bakula? I was, that was in the 80s, y'all. I was a little old kid. I remember it, though. I remember it was a pretty interesting show to watch. I was little, though. I don't know. It might not hold up. might not hold up. It may have not aged well. I'd have to watch it again. It's been 30 freaking years ago. But I remember that show. But there was a Quantum Leap Drive up in the middle of freaking nowhere. Way up in the middle of nowhere. Except that there wasn't. had a gate across it. It was a road at one time. It's not anymore. I had a big uh, Arkansas Game of Fish, Forestry Commission type of gate across it. And it hasn't been a road in a long time, I can tell you that. Because just looking down that path, ain't nobody driving down there now. Nobody would be. It was so grown up. There were trees growing in the road. So, this, this was 47 minutes of dirt road driving from Mount Judea. Okay. 47 minutes. So it's 47 minutes back to Mount Judea. Guess what? There's no way around. I was less than a mile and a half from the Narrows, less than a mile and a half. And there was no way to get there. That was the only road that cut across the mountain. Everything else, dead end. I was way back, y'all. I'm talking way back in the middle of nothing. All the roads up there actually were coming to dead ends at that point. That's all that was up there was hunters. So I was stuck. I had to turn around and drive 47 minutes back to Mount Judea. So it really threw off my flow. Well, as I'm looking at Google Maps, and I actually had a bar service up there, but it didn't matter because I'd already pre-downloaded the map, y'all. Pre-download your maps, all trails, your topo maps, freaking Google Maps, doesn't matter. Pre-download your maps before you go out anywhere because if you lose service, guess what? You're still pinging satellites. And if you have a pre-downloaded map inside of an app on your phone, it will actually function. You just have to have the map on board, downloaded to your device. It's awesome. You can do it from almost anywhere. I mean, you don't even really have to have but a single bar of service in a few minutes to get one downloaded for a small area. Just click the tiles you need and pre-download it. Or you can do it at home and do the whole damn map. It doesn't matter. But, so I'm up there in it and I'm like, crap, there's literally no way around. And when I get back to Mount Judea, it's like an hour and a half around just to get to the other side where I can come up to the Nars. So I was like, that's the end of the Nars for today. I will not be seeing the Narrows today. It's not gonna happen. But I'm not done because it's only 11 o'clock. I've still got, or well by the time I was back to Mount Judea, it was noon, but I was like, I still got day. I've still got daylight, so what am I gonna go do? So I pulled into Mount Judea where I did have some cell service so I could actually do some searching around the area and I looked back down the road to where one of my original thoughts of what I could do today um, was, which was to go see Fuzzy Butt Falls, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time now. Fuzzy Butt Falls is, um, waterfall up off of Falling Water Creek, um, Falling Water Creek Road, or I think it actually is showing Richland Creek Road, but I've seen both ways. And also scenic Searcy one, that road has apparently like 13 names. I don't know why, but anyway, I thought, well, I could head back down there. And, you know, that's exactly what I did. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second half of the episode. We're pushing on to the break. But before we go to break, I do want to talk about what some of the things I saw as I was exploring my way up this mountain, right? Heading for the NARS. But on my way up to the NARS. And also even on the the highway, Highway 123, going up into Mount Judea. But then even when I get back on these dirt roads and I'm getting way back in it. One of the most amazing things you will run across up here in these Ozark Mountains, way back in those hollers, is all the old houses, the old homesteads. You'll see the rock fences, the stacked stone rock rock fences, the wells. Um, Sometimes you'll see part of a root cellar, a partial root cellar sticking out of the side of the hill. Guys, this is the early, early settlers we're talking about here. We're in north central Arkansas. That tracks with some of the earliest settlers, European, which would have built houses like this anyway. There was way earlier indigenous peoples there. But the first Europeans, the first... I think we talked about this in the last episode, maybe. Or, yeah, we did. Um, The first Scots, the first Irish, the first Cherokee coming out here in the 1760s through, you know, the early 1800s. My ancestors up there around Mountain Home. Mountain, View, all up in that area. These... Settlers were showing up. This is stuff is 220 years old, guys. These cellars, these these rock walls, some of these things are pushing back literally to 1800, 1810, 1820, pre-Civil War. There is something so epic about that. When you come across one of these things up on this dirt road that you drove your little car, your little scooter bug, up the mountain to go somewhere, wherever, and you come across one of these... Next time you do, stop and think about the fact that you drove probably a four-wheel drive vehicle up there. And, take, and it took you forever. you driving on this road probably for an hour. And you drove a four-wheel drive vehicle up there with shocks, with friggin' climate control, with all this stuff. These people were literally, well, get out and go hike. You know what? That's the best way to do it. Stop there and go hike down the side of the mountain. And think about the fact that that's literally how they got here. Across the entire Ozark mountain range on foot and on mule and on horseback and in wagons. And I don't even know how you'd get a wagon up to these places until a road has been built. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd have to make the trail as you go. I'm sure they blazed them before and they had to cut down the trees and they had to move rocks. And y'all, y'all, you want to talk about some bad mothers, you want to talk about some hardy people. The people who built and carved out these lifestyles back there in the hills, man, way back there in the hills, up the side of these mountains. I mean, there's these bluff faces everywhere. And, and sometimes it's hard. God, I want to think about it. I want to sit there and think like, this stuff is gorgeous to me today. We're no different. They're humans just like us back then. They're a bit as smart as we are. They're just short a little bit of technology, you know, microchips. But they're a bit as smart as we are, probably smarter actually because they were able to do stuff that we can't even begin to do and they did it in their head you know anyway I but you still wonder can you imagine waking up to that every day waking up and seeing some like freaking 500 foot cliff face out there in front of you uh, freaking over this beautiful clear creek this beautiful clear river coming down through the mountains there are going to be bear everywhere at this time you know 1800 whatever 1808 1810 1820 they're going to be black bear at everywhere there are gonna be native elk those ozark mountain elk they're gonna be native there they're gonna be obviously deer there's gonna be for real legit mountain lions at that time there's gonna be maybe hogs hogs were introduced by the spanish or was it french it was spanish i think in florida sometime in the 1700s they've been a scourge on society in north america ever since I don't know if they would have been up there at this time yet or not. It's a long way to go, but they may have been. They very well could have been. Probably were because by the time the University of Arkansas became a university back in what is, what they were early, weren't they? 1868, 58 somewhere, near, I don't know. But they've been the Razorbacks forever, so there had to be hogs in the area, but hogs are not native to North America. God, those got things freaking procreate prolifically. Anyway, there would have been some crazy wildlife from, I mean, really, let's just get down to it. I mean, the mountain lions, sheesh, right? These guys would have been out here waking up to this every day, watching the, the, you know, I mean, we got our own smoky mountains, more or less y'all nice. The right, um, climatic conditions. You wake up in the morning, there'll be fog hanging low in the Valley. You'll have an inversion effect going on. If you're, if you live up on top of one of these mountains, you could be looking down on an ocean of clouds in the Ozarks. I've seen this with my own eyes before and it's otherworldly. It's otherworldly. It will mess with your head. Like it really feels like you're, you're living out a fantasy novel or something. It's insane to see. Um, and this would have been something that would have been pretty common to them. And it just blows my mind to think about them at the time, the way they carved out a life and lived a life up in those mountains. And it just, it's, it's shameful to me actually. It makes me feel ashamed of myself <laughs> the way I have to live and be uncomfortable. Oh my God, the way they lived. It was insane. They have my respect. But anyway, it was really cool to see all of these old homesteads. The ones, some of them still standing. And then a lot of them just foundations. But to see these things and how far back and how far up the side of this mountain they were. And it's just, it was a really, really neat experience. And something that, even though you can't get to the NARS the way that I tried to go, lesson learned, and all of you listening tonight, if you want to go to the NARS, come from Wollum. That's the way to do it. But it'd still be worth maybe... Typing it into Google Maps, then taking that drive all the way to the gated Quantum Leap Drive, because I promise you, that is one of the most gorgeous cruises up a dirt road you will ever see. Do it in a four-wheel drive, though. Trust me on that part. But anyway, we've pushed on past our 30 minutes now, so let's get to our sponsor break, and when we come back, we will talk about the rest of my 2023 Thanksgiving Day, Um, well, this year, mini-adventure. We'll be right back. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics, a brand based right here in the good old US of A, Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago, and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave them a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? one of the big men themselves right there in Portland, from the top of the chain, have a great conversation, and we end up starting this great relationship. We have the more than made right, the little snafu that occurred. And I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people. And they're trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, and the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably new in our hearts, when you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name, not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else, like at Bendaddy Optics. They have 29 different styles. They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in, and they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them, send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are... Are truly trying to do it right and they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them and I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com. That's B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I, Optics.com. Or you can go over to Instagram slash BendettiOptics. And that, I highly suggest whether you buy a pair or not, just to check out the cutest pupper you'll ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around through our sponsor break. I just realized when I paused here to take our sponsor break and sit back for a second, get a drink of water, that I'm looking at my new backdrop. You can't see it because it's on the other side of the camera, but it's what I see as I'm looking through all these freaking studio lights. Guys, you guys, I got it toned down. I blinded over here. It's so bright. Um, but I'm looking at, I got this new drop, like Timu, right? I guess everyone's heard of Timu now, like it's kind of new to me, but anyway, came across it and they had like this, like wall sized tapestry of Van Gogh's Starry Night print for like $6 or something, or $12, I think it was $12 and I was like, I really need a new backdrop because I've got sound dampeners, but they're just like a drab gray, you know, I got to stare at that every time when I'm sitting here talking to you guys, It was like $12. I mean, it show up, and it could be a total pile of crap, and it's freaking $12, if it's even remotely what they say it is. So I put in a Timu order and got my $12 Van Gogh Starry Night, and it's actually really freaking awesome. I'm sitting here looking at it as we speak, and it's, it's pretty neat. Totally worth $12. Like, yay Timu, I guess. Anyway, let's get on with tonight's episode. So, we ended with crazy badass settlers from the 1800s building houses on the top of mountains that just totally boggle my mind in a locked gate on my way to the Nars, which totally screwed up my plans for today. Well, not to be discouraged, we're still going to go do something, right? So I find, okay, well, one of my original thoughts was Fuzzy Butt Falls. And down around Fuzzy Butt Falls, which is just a little feeder creek, I don't even think it has a name. I don't think it's a named creek that feeds into Falling Water Creek. Um, Well, just in that general area alone, there's a whole crap ton of waterfalls. There's Terry Keith Falls, Calypso Falls, just a few miles up the road. Not even a few miles, just a few minutes at slow dirt road speeds. There's Six Finger Falls, which you can access directly from this Richland Creek Road slash Possibly Cersei Scenic One slash possibly Falling Water Road slash whatever. And it's a really neat waterfall. And then there's Fuzzy Butt. And then you keep on trucking your way on down. You're going to run into Falling Waterfalls. And anyway, y'all, there's a crap ton of waterfalls down this one little stretch of dirt road. Now I've not been there before, right? So I don't know exactly what I'm getting into, but I know that fuzzy butt falls is down there. And I'm, I've been wanting to see fuzzy butt falls for literally two or three years. It's been on my list. And then I got busy with school and I haven't got to adventures, much blah, 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 whatever. You don't care. I don't care. Today was the day going to go do fuzzy butt falls. So I head down from Mount Judea and I take again, a handful of roads that I couldn't tell you all of them. I tried to retrace them just so I could write them down, just so I could tell you guys it was too hard to figure out. I'm not sure exactly how I got there. I know that I was using a mixture of Google Maps and topographical USGS maps from, I think, the 1947 map datum. Anyway, on the way down towards Fuzzy Butt Falls in this Falling Waters Creek Valley that I was about to head into, I made my way down through a little town, not town, It's not even a town. It was a little, not even a community. little settlement was once probably a community um, called Bass or Bays. I think it was Bass. And it was a really neat. Some of the buildings, some of the barns and things in the fields were really, really neat. And you're kind of down in this little valley. You come off the mountain. When you're coming down from your road up to the Nars, you come down into this valley. And it is absolutely gorgeous, y'all. It's like a pastoral painting. It's like a Dutch painting. It's absolutely beautiful. Like there's these lush green fields all out through these valleys. There's little cows that dot the landscape as far as you can see. And it's a dirt road and you're just booking along on this dirt road and you're crossing across these beautiful little clear water creeks. The Ozarks truly are a really amazing place. They're really beautiful. The Ozark Highlands, you get up in those highlands and you've got the bluffs. You've got the high tops. But then you got these valleys that have been eroded away for tens of, hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years. And it's just, it's really, really gorgeous. It's nothing like you see in your everyday life. You know, it's not stuff you're going to see every day. And it's really neat. It's a much slower pace. It's a different way of life. And it's one that I remember. I've lived this. It's been 30 years ago when I was growing up, but I lived in little communities like this. Um... They're really, really neat places, and it's really cool to get a chance to see. So this is a beautiful chill drive. This is a super chill, peaceful drive. It's a beautiful day, the sun's shining, it's a little bit cold out, but you're cruising through this valley, lush green grass, cows out there grazing, bales of hay scattered throughout, as far as you can see, old barns that are probably 150 years old. It's a really neat drive heading down through this little valley. And I went through a bunch of rigmarole and a bunch of squigglies on the map. It looked like somebody just took like a handful of spaghetti and threw it against the wall and said, hey, we're going to build roads. Like, there's your template. Make it look like that. Because that's kind of what all these little dirt roads kind of felt like. But somehow or another, I actually ended up where I needed to be, which was on, I guess, Richland Creek Road, according to Google Maps, at least. The paper map that I had also seemed to maybe confirm that it's kind of hard because it kept changing from one name to another name. I don't know what's going on with this road. It's got a bunch of names, but if you look on Google maps, you should be able to find it. If you just, I mean, you can go six finger falls, any of these things, and you're going to find it on Google maps, but I was coming from the North and, and I just wanted like, make that distinction, because you won't see the same things as I saw if you, say, come from Interstate 40 from the south. If you go to make this trip from anywhere, you're probably going to come from the south, most likely, because Interstate 40 is the easiest way across the state, no matter where you're coming from. So if you are going to access it from the south, I suggest driving on past, Terry Keefe calls, and all of these falls, and heading on north until you get to Bass, just for the drive. If you just want to make the drive and just maybe just do a little... Road hop out to a few of the waterfalls and just see the views. Head on up to Bass. Because the drive there is absolutely it's kind of it's it's really cool. It's adventurous. It's adventurous. But it's really, really cool. There's this really long stretch of crazy switchbacks because you're making a huge either ascent or descent. I was descending, but if you're going up, you'd be ascending. You're making a big drop or gain in elevation, so there is a crazy set of switchbacks, but you guys, y'all, you're dropping down this mountain, and these bluffs that are towering over you, there are so many bluffs in so many places that you go right up against, and you're looking up these sheer walls, 100 feet, 150 feet probably, if not more, and it's like, it's just one of those things that it's ineffable, there aren't words for it. There's not really words for me other than to sit here and say, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And I'm trying not to do that because I don't want to sound like some of these Prozac high influencers that have just overrun Instagram and TikTok and all of the social medias. Like, oh my God, I saw one the other day and I wanted to beat my head against the wall. I was like, I drove down into blah, 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 blah. And I saw this blah, 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 blah. And look how beautiful it is. It doesn't matter if you're up on a mountaintop or down in the valley. Arkansas, it's always beautiful to me. And I wanted to punch him in the face. Like, I'm sorry. Y'all are about to start getting the real Justin. Just by the way, shots fired, stand notice. I've sugarcoated myself for far too long trying to, you know, kind of, be play nicey nice and be diplomatic and not be too offensive to anyone because that's important to me i like to be nice i do but like i'm just over it like the whole vibe the whole vibe now of the outdoor space the community that we used to be a part of y'all has been overrun and hijacked by these prozac infused influencers and it's it's not their fault because like think about it you're freaking a t-shirt company or you're whatever. And you're like, you know what? People are stupid. All we got to do is say, Hey, we'll give you 10% off a t-shirt and let you call yourself an ambassador. If you'll take pictures of yourself in our t-shirt all over the freaking place and, and like say how awesome it is. And so all these people think they're important. All of a sudden they fell for it. They fell for the trick, like, oh gosh, they gave me ten percent off of a price they jacked up ten percent to say that they could give me ten percent off, and now I'm an influencer and I can put it in my profile and ah, people are gonna like want to sleep with me now, right? <laughs> I'm gonna get cred with all my friends. That's I'm 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 OG outdoors. I'm OG outdoors because somebody wanted me to be an influencer, just so you guys know. I'd literally delete about six requests a day out of my inbox, my Instagram, you know, inbox to be someone's influencer for something about six a day, six to eight. It's constant. They blow my inbox up. It doesn't mean crap. They literally just want you to advertise for them for free. Okay. Okay. Just so we're straight on that. But what, t- what it gets me what gets me is these people don't know. They, they, they literally have no training whatsoever in writing. They have no ability to author anything or even be photographers. They're not trained in anything. So they're literally, you know, snapping pictures with their iPhone. And then they're trying to sound like people they've heard that do know what the hell they're doing. And you come away with this tripe. <laughs> like whether you're up on a mountain or down in a valley, Arkansas is always beautiful to me or Arkansas is beautiful from any angle. I think that's what it was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so... What are the right words? What are the right words? Insincere is a word. Uninspired is another word. God, there's so many words. Bottom line is, I'm trying real hard to not lean on the, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, because like I've been reading a book by Freeman Tilden, which is an amazing book. It's like the Bible for interpretation by the National Park Service, and I've read it about six times now, because obviously that's what I'm trying to go do. Found out it's on Audible, by the way. I've listened to it a few times, too. But one of the quotes that he mentions, and he says it a couple of times, and it's so powerful, is it's like, saying something is beautiful does not make it more beautiful, no matter how many times you say it. He's Beating it over the head, like learn to be a good interpreter. Learn how to engage people with the thing, how to describe the thing. They know it's beautiful, they can see it with their own eyes. You don't need to tell them it's beautiful. You need to help them engage with the place in a meaningful way. And I'm just over, I'm over the influencers, y'all. It's just taken over. Instagram. There's no more community of like people who were, it used to be the way it used to be. A lot of you may not even remember it. It used to be a whole different place with people who were genuine and real. It's just like music today. It's just like country music. There is no real country music anymore. Nobody writes real songs anymore. They got those factories out there, man. You guys have seen some of those videos. I'm sure it's hilarious. And they put like the top five number one hits that played in the last year, and they put them all on the same track on one of the, the audio, um, audio uh, recording uh, apps or interfaces. And they're all the same beats per minute. They're all in the same key. They all have the exact same progression. They all literally, and you can just drop in the lyrics. You can drop in the vocals. You can drop in the guitar solos in and out. It's the same song. It's the same song. Just in case you guys didn't know, songs today are literally written by a formula. Hootie and the Blowfish, and I loved them back in the day, but they knew the formula and they were monsters. They're a huge hit. There's a formula. The human brain likes music a certain way, and there's a formula. Anyway, it's just like that. There's no sincerity left, there's no genuineness left, there's nothing that's coming from the heart anymore. Like I can think of on my hand, seeing one hand, I can count the number of people that I, I still follow. On Instagram, who are just literally genuine people who are out there trying to share the world through their eyes. And you know, you can usually tell because they're the ones that are sharing the pictures of the place, not the pictures of their cleavage or their abs or whatever with the place behind those things. No, they're actually sharing the pictures of the thing. That's what they're there to do. And some of you, more jaded people, are the people that might hear this that are who I'm. barraging right now (laughs) whose characters I am assassinating um no they're also attractive people too because I know them personally like they're just not that vain they actually have content they have depth and they want to share something that's deep it's crazy it's crazy you should try it sometime anyway I told you guys stand notice stand notice let it be known Gonna be real from here on out, because I've sugarcoated crap for too long. Anyway, there's just no way to put into words exactly what it's like to drive down this valley. But I can tell you this to describe it. You're driving down a dirt road, you were descending several hundred feet, probably up to a thousand or more feet, through a series of switchbacks, traveling below a bluff line that is towering above you hundreds of feet, literally hundreds of feet. There are caves, there are overhangs. There are outcroppings that stand out. There are huge boulders that have fallen free from the face at some point and rolled halfway down the mountain. And there's a huge house-sized boulder standing up amidst all these trees just off of the road. It is absolutely stunning landscape. Something you should drive and see for yourself. And this is from that little community of bass heading down into the Falling Water Creek area, Richland Creek Road, I suppose. I think, and definitely Falling Water Creek. And once you're on the road where you are snaking along, Falling Water Creek, listen, y'all, it is. It is, again, a stunning landscape. Lots of bluffs, beautiful creeks, just deep. Falling Water Creek is awesome. It is super clear, and it was running really well. We did have some rain recently, but we've been in a drought forever, so I don't know what its common flow rate is. But it was moving fairly decent today. And so there was some pretty nice little waterfalls. And y'all, it was. It was just really, really something to see. It was gorgeous. When you're coming down from the north, the first place that's really going to be something that you can hit is going to be this Terry Keith Keith Falls. Never heard of this one, by the way, until I was kind of looking up there the other day. Terry Keith Falls is actually pretty neat. It's a pretty tall little waterfall. I don't have the, the details on it. I don't have the specs. Um... But I saw pictures of it where people were standing beneath it, and I would put it anywhere from 30 to 50, 60 feet, something like that. It's a significant looking fall, and apparently it flows quite a bit because apparently there is, I just used apparently like four times in a sentence, sorry. It appears that, from what I can understand, from what I could read, there's like a spring up above, and so it's more of a natural flow. It doesn't have to have had rained. you just need to check the spring at the bottom of the hike, at the trailhead and if there's water in that spring apparently that waterfall is going to be flowing and it is impressive to see so I stopped there first and that was going to be where I was going to start but I looked at the hike and I decided not to because I was already on well beyond one o'clock now it gets dark at five well up in those Ozark mountain hollers it gets dark before five and I assure you it's really dark down in one of those hollers. when it's dark down in one of those haulers. And I wanted to see Fuzzy Butt Falls, damn it. That's what I've been after. That's what I've been wanting to do for a couple of years. So I thought, okay, Terry Keefe, maybe I'll come back up to this. If Fuzzy Butt goes faster than I expect, I'll just pop back up the road. It's only a three or four or five minute drive. And maybe I'll head up to Terry Keefe Falls. Then I want to go see Fuzzy Butt because it's a cool name, right? Not because of what it looks like. I need to see the waterfall that has a fuzzy butt. Not really. It 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 is a beautiful little grotto that it's in from the pictures I've seen anyway. And I was like, I just, I want to get to this one. So I'm going to skip Terry Keefe, but I'm going to come back to it maybe. But I'm telling you this because you need to know about Terry Keefe Falls, because this is a part of this like gauntlet of waterfalls that are all down through this tiny, just few mile stretch of Falling Water Creek and its tributaries. Um, Heading on down from Terry Keefe Falls, you're, you're cruising, you're tracing along Falling Water Creek, so you're looking down at it to your right if you're coming from north to south. Um, But it's really, really neat because there's lots of waterfalls, lots of rapids, lots of little finger things that kind of squiggle off and then come back together. It really is. It it reminds me a lot of some of the little creeks up in like, Yosemite. And of course not. It's not a glacial valley by any means. But this is a box canyon style valley which has a lot of similarities to, similarities to a glacial valley. And I kind of realized that today. This valley had the vibe of some of the things I saw up in Yosemite. Totally not Yosemite. Totally not a glacial valley. But it had the vibe of a lot of it. This is some serious erosion that's happened for a long, long time, y'all. Because these are some seriously steep box Canyon walls you're really down in this little valley and it's a really neat experience to have it's a it's a really amazing experience to have but you'll come up on six finger Falls next Six finger Falls is a fall that has six fingers It's pretty self-explanatory It's right off the road you can park right there at the edge of the road and you can walk right down to it it's less than a quarter of a mile less than a tenth of a mile forget a quarter of a mile It's just literally a park on the road and walk down a hill. And there it is. Unfortunately, it wasn't running enough. All six fingers did have water flow, but it was a tiny stream of water. So there wasn't quite enough water flow for six finger to really be flowing where I could even get a decent picture. I mean, I snapped a picture on my phone, but it was just like a kind of an overview kind of, Oh, look, I was here, but it wasn't me getting down there and trying to get one that I'm going to put on a canvas and sell to people because the water flow just wasn't there, unfortunately, but six finger falls was really pretty it's a really neat little rock formation it's totally worth stopping and taking a look at and totally worth trying to go up there and catch when there's water flow because it would be really neat if the water was really moving you could get a pretty killer long exposure shot of that thing but i didn't stay there for long but i loaded back up and i headed on down went straight on to do fuzzy butt got down to the parking head um Parking trail. There's like a trailhead there and then a little parking area on either side of this bridge over Falling Water Creek. It's a neat little bridge. I parked on the far side because the other parking, there was two cars in it. And that's about it. There's only about enough space for three or four cars total there, just by the way. um. But I walked across the bridge. Beautiful, beautiful. Like the water on either side was just, again, it's just absolutely crystal clear. It's an Ozark Mountain Creek one that has a lot of water in it, not a river, but it's, it was a nice flow. It's a nice, big, wide creek. Um, and it's just, it is, it's something that you would see in a painting, something you'd see in a picture at a dentist office. That's what it is. So I started up to Fuzzy Butt Falls from there, Super easy hike, y'all. It's, le- it's just over a kilometer in. I mean, you can make the whole hike in like 40 minutes if you just walk straight there, walk straight back. You do have about 43, 45 meters of elevation gain, so 120 feet of elevation gain, which is 10 to 12 stories. But keep in mind, like, guys, I didn't even get winded. Like, I literally didn't even get winded. And I pound when I hike. but I didn't even ever find a place where I was starting to need to catch my breath. It happened so gradually. And I mean, hell, you only do half of that going in and really, I think another half coming out because you kind of go in and up and then down, and then you go over to the waterfall and you come out and you go up and then back down. So you only do like half of that at any one given time. I didn't even get winded and I'm in decent shape, but I didn't even get winded. Anyone can go make this hike guaranteed. Um, Super easy hike. It's only a little over a kilometer going in again. Um, And it's pretty it's nice, man. It's nice. It's chill. Like you're walking along this trail. There's there's a few blowdowns. There's some trees that you have to hop over or go under. But when I say under, you just kind of have to squat down a little bit. Totally, totally doable for pretty much anyone. Um, And you have, again, Falling Water Creek off to your right that you were kind of tracing along. You're just on the other side of Falling Water Creek. Now, you were driving on one side coming down to the trailhead. Well, now you're going back up Falling Water Creek on the other side. And there are so many waterfalls, guys, along that creek. Little cascades, little waterfalls, little pour-offs. There's one right off the trail, maybe a quarter of the way in, and you just freaking walk down onto this huge slab and there's this awesome little cascade waterfall that drops off of the table that you're kind of setting on of this rock. And it goes down into this big pool that's underneath like a 20-foot tall bluff that goes around the bend. It's a Gorgeous landscape, I don't know what else to say. It's an easy hike and that whole valley, you can drive through the whole thing, you can go see a couple of these waterfalls without even needing to hike y'all. If you are disabled or you have um, limited mobility and you can only hike on pretty flat terrain, like there's a few things in there guys, the drive alone's worth it. And you can do a few little places, get out and hike and see some beautiful waterfalls, some beautiful cascades. And you could have very limited mobility, like if you were elderly or any number of reasons, you could have some limited mobility. It's not ADA. Don't get me wrong. Don't anyone show up out there and try to push anyone around in a wheelchair. Like, and I'm not joking or being a smart aleck. People listen to this show and they want to know this stuff. Like we got 10,000 listeners now, something like that. People all over the world listening to this and I got to cover my bases. I don't want to get anyone out there going, he said you could get to this waterfall with limited mobility. Not to that extreme. I'm just saying, if you have a little bit of trouble getting around, but you can walk a basic, pretty much flat hike, you can get to a few places down in there that are really pretty. It's not that bad. And plus, a whole lot of the drive alone is gorgeous. You can, gosh, we're going to get to another one here in just a minute that you don't have to be able to hike at all. Again, it's beautiful, beautiful waterfall. Anyway, Fuzzy Butt Falls is an easy hike in. Unfortunately, we're about to have another gripe. (sighs) Consider yourself warned. I told you, Justin's getting real from here on out. You're getting a real me. So I hike in, I get up into fuzzy, Butt falls and it was shockingly beautiful. It really was. It really was. It was absolutely stunning. You, you at first don't think you're there because you're like, God, I'm looking at the side of a hill. How the hell could there be a Creek in here? I'm looking side. The map must be wrong. All trails must be wrong. And then all of a sudden you feel this cold breeze hitting you in the side of the head. And there's just like this I don't know, like an inlet into the side of this hill. And you're like, that must be it. And you listen and you hear water falling and it's like, oh my God, are you serious? So I walked up in that guy and came around this little corner. It's less than hundred yards up this little valley. You come around the corner to one of the most beautiful grottoes I've ever seen. Y'all, it was just stunning. It's just stunning. Into this grotto with crystal clear water that's got this kind of nice green tint to it, like the buffalo and the mulberry river is kind of famous for that green tint. It was I think it's high magnesium content from the geology of the area? Anyway, it was, it was, it was really, really neat. It was really, really neat. And I was like, it was just kind of, I was, I was kind of awestruck by it. I was like, this is as beautiful as I was told this is as beautiful as I saw in the pictures this is really nice so I got to get some pictures right I'm just starting to get set up I've been in there two minutes maybe and I'm just starting to get set up to get some pictures of this really really stunning little grotto with this little kind of cascade waterfall fuzzy butt falls and I hear this huge racket behind me, and I turn around to see six people on effing horseback riding up the valley that I just barely picked my way through. It's narrow, and this, this little grotto's tiny. They're riding up into this grotto on horseback, six of them, or five of them. I think it was five of them at first. And they literally rode right into that grotto. Teenage boy rode right into the damn pool and let his, water start, his horse start drinking water. As I'm trying to set up to take a picture, they literally just tromped their horses right into the middle of that grotto. And they didn't even, they weren't even nice. Like I looked up and I saw them coming in. I was like, hey, how are y'all? And one guy's like, hey, that's about all I got. And they just tromped their damn horses right into the middle of that grotto, right in front of me. As I was setting up to take a picture, they didn't say, sorry. Oh, do you need a second? Y'all, there's an unwritten rule. And, and it's not, but it's just, this is how we do it out there. And it's how it's always been. As long as I can remember all these years, these little places, they get tight. There's some places that are really small. These grottos, like people go out there to see a thing. They go out there to do a thing and you have to work to get there. Even if it's an easy hike, like fuzzy, but you're still spending an hour and 15 minutes hiking two kilometers, right? You have to work to get there. You wait your turn. If it's not big enough for everyone you wait your turn and we've always done that. It's always worked that no one has to say it. That's just how it works. You give someone a few minutes to get their pictures and that person gets the hell out of the way. They know that you're behind them. They see it. So they get their pictures and they go. And they might even hang around and let you get yours and then sit and talk to you. Talk shop a little bit. Look at the pictures each other got. That's how we do it. It's how it's always been. These guys rode their damn horses right into the middle of that place. Didn't even really say hey. Acted like I wasn't even there. Rode right into the pool. And so I just freaking walked out because I didn't want to start a confrontation, but I was pissed. I mean, I was furious pissed. So I anyway, I walk out and there's two more sitting at the bottom. I was like, how are y'all? And they're like, oh, we're good. Boy, it's beautiful in there, isn't it? And I was like, it was. Yeah, it really was. And they're like, yeah, yeah, man, I wish there was some more water flow. But yeah, it sure is beautiful. And I was like, oh, you guys already been in there today? And like, yeah, we've been in a few times. Awesome freaking awesome. So I go down, I wait by the fall or the Creek and they go on in. So now there's seven horses. I think it's seven in that little bitty tiny grotto. It's not much bigger than a damn corral. If we're freaking talking horse here, I don't know. I don't get it. But so I stand down there and I wait about 10 minutes. I'm hoping they'll leave so I can go in. Cause I walked all the way. I drove. Okay. If nothing else, I drove for eight hours today. Totals three hours up there, got off track, you know, hit the gate, had to come back. I drove for eight or nine hours today. And I wanted the damn picture, so I tried to wait them out. They come out about 10 minutes later, and I go up, and I'm going to walk past them, and I'm going to head back in there, even though the water's already mud. I saw it when the guy got in. It's not green and clear anymore. It's mud. It's just stirred up. Like six or seven more horses come down the trail and go walking right past me. As I'm trying to walk up, they just walk past me. It's not a horse trail, by the way. There is a horse trail down there. There is an equestrian trail down there. But this is not a horse trail into the fucking grotto. But it is for them, I guess. Because if you're rich and you drive a $200,000 truck and you have a half a million dollars in horses, like, I mean, I guess you do what you want, right? I just, I never had a problem with equestrians whatsoever. Because I never bumped up against any. Never had a problem with them. I do now. Like, they're no better than the UTV people. (laughs) Like they're no better, that was ridiculous, like people are just trumping everything now with no respect for anyone. No consideration's the biggest thing too, no consideration anyway. I was furious about it, and I said, "Well, I guess I lost today. I guess I lost, so there's that no fuzzy but for me either. So I did get to see it for a second and I did make a short little video of me walking into the grotto. I just didn't get to get the picture and you know me, I love the picture. So I walk out and I step in horse crap on the way back down the trail. Because that's the other thing about horses on hiking trails, you have to watch out for the landmines. And I was kind of mad and not paying attention, I stepped in one. Anyway, lots of horse crap on the trail that day because at least what's that... 14, 15 horses made their way down the trail just since I came in. Anyway, so that was a wash. So I head back out and we're on past our hour now, but I'm going to finish this out because there's only a little bit left. Head on back out and I'm, you know, I'm fuming y'all. I am. I was mad. I drove a lot today to go see Fuzzy Butt Falls, to have some holes, wreck it, to be real honest with you. They could have been considerate. They could have given me five minutes total. They could have just chilled for a minute and let me do it. That's how we do it. It's how we've always done it. But I guess that's not how horse riders do it. Equestrian folk, I guess that's not how they do it. But used to be, that was kind of the code of the trail. That was the code of the grottos. Like that was the code of, that was just what we did. Hikers respect each other and respect each other's space and give everyone a minute of time with it by themselves on a busy place or whatever. But anyway, I'm fuming about it, trying to blow it off. So I load up and I'm like, well, today's a wash. It is what it is. I'm going to head back. I got three and a half hours of driving to think about a podcast episode tonight. I've had three or four ideas rolling around. Um, Crystal, um, wanted Rails to Trails episode. By the way, Crystal, it's written. It's done. It's done. Um, I was going to actually make it next last two weeks ago when we missed the drop and it's still sitting here. It's underneath this for tonight, but it's Thanksgiving and I need to do a Thanksgiving episode. And anyway, it's coming. It's coming. So Rails to Trails is coming soon. Um, But I had a couple other ideas floating around in my head too that have been on my mind here lately. So I was like, I got two or three hours to drive home, think about it, put together an episode for tonight. You know, we'll get home, we'll record. Today won't be a complete waste, right? So anyway, I load up. I start back down and um, I'm heading on down this Falling Water Creek Valley, Richland Creek Road again, I guess. Cersei Scenic One, I guess. Just y'all, it's stunning. It's stunning. Everyone go drive this road. Just go drive the road. You can get out. You can hike some of these falls if you want. Most of them are on Google Maps. The rest of them are on all trails. Go do the road just to see it. Just to see it. It is, it's It's stunning. It just is. The bluffs, the overhangs, the caves, the creek, the waterfalls, the cascades, it's it's everything. It is a dramatic landscape. It is a dramatic landscape. It's more dramatic than any of the Ozarks are up over towards NWA. This is more in the central part of the state. There's a lot more drama. There's a lot more elevation change and there's a lot more bluffs, and it it just, guys, just go do it, but anyways, I'm cruising my way back down the dirt road, oh, there's my horse riders, they'd come out, While I was down at the car getting all my stuff together, and having my Thanksgiving dinner of cold leftover pizza, and all that, which is wonderful, by the way, I say that, don't make it sound like I don't enjoy it, like, y'all, this is my kind of Thanksgiving, This is my kind of Thanksgiving out there, just living wherever the road takes me, eating leftover pizza from last night. That makes my soul happy. It truly does. So I was actually enjoying that part. So don't take that wrong. But in that time, apparently the horsies came out up from the trailhead and they were just heading up the dirt road that I now needed to head up. And there's like 35 freaking horses going up the road. I don't know about this. They're riding their horses on a dirt road and every single one, I'd say about six out of 10 of those horses spooked by my car. And I was going slow. Like, listen, hey, I grew up around horses. I grew up around a bunch of cows and cows are way more sketchy than horses. And I grew up around horses, too. And I was being respectful, even though I was totally P.O.'d at these people. And I was going slow, hanging way back, far to the right as I could. And I mean, just creeping along so they could hear me, get out of the way, do what they needed to do, and I could pass, right? Six out of 10 of these horses tried to spook Like they, one kid, the kid actually that rode into the middle of my damn pool while I was trying to take a picture, his horse was like doing little donuts. You ever seen a horse that's like really on the very verge of freaking out? They're almost look, they look like they're almost about to start bucking. That's what this horse was doing. And I came to almost a complete stop because I didn't want to push this, right? Because I get you hurt. I'd get that kid hurt. I'd get the horse hurt. I don't want any of this. So I slowed down this horse. It took him a minute to get this horse under control. And I'd say six out of the 10, six out of 10 of the probably 20 horses, I'd say more than half of what I passed, I had to creep by and their horses were getting all, all like shifty and skittish. I feel like that shouldn't be the case. If you have these horses that you ride all the time on equestrian trails and out on these dirt roads and stuff, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a horse owner, not a horse rider, but this just, it just felt weird. I've been around a lot of horses and I've never seen so many people have so much trouble keeping the horses under control around a basic normal thing that they probably run into everywhere. They're riding all the way up a dirt road, like five miles to a horse camp. You can't tell me that cars don't pass them all the time. I feel like they weren't that experienced to horsemen and women. That's, I don't know. I'm just saying, but anyway, I get past the damn horses and I get on up the road and all of a sudden, there's a beautiful waterfall off to my left. Just as pretty as you please. Right there in the middle of nothing. And it's falling waterfalls. I didn't even realize I was going to pass it. And it's, I don't know how tall. I didn't pull the specks. 10 feet, 15 feet tall, 20 feet tall. But it's a large torrent of water. So it's a very impressive sight. It was beautiful. So I pull over. And I got to spend time at falling waterfalls. And as if to just really wrap this day up perfectly. Well, first of all, by the way. I got down in the ish, as I like to do, because I'm going to get a picture here, right? By God. And I'm standing there in a tiny pool of water and there's six cigarette butts floating in that tiny pool of water. Someone sat there and chain smoked and threw their fucking cigarette butts in the water. at falling waterfalls up there. It just, I just people like I'm over people. I'm over the state actually. um, Because it's become overrun by everyone. And if I had, if all things were the same, I would leave this state tomorrow and never look back. Just being real with you. Like, I'm just over it. You can't drive a half a mile in parts of this state now in an hour. Because everyone literally in the United States apparently moved here in the last year. Everyone. All all the population of the United States is in northwest Arkansas now. In like the last year to two years. Can't drive anywhere. Can't do anything. Can't accomplish anything. Can't go anywhere without there being 200 people there putting their cigarette butts in the beautiful water of you know, Falling Water Creek, the Buffalo River, whatever. Oh my God, people, what's wrong with you? We don't deserve this planet. Whatever happens to us over the next hundred years or so, we deserve every bit of. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that's the energy I'm on tonight. I woke up this morning and chose violence, apparently. That's the energy I'm on. Whatever this planet does to us, we deserve at this point. We just do. Anyway though, on a wider note and a better note, I did get a beautiful picture, and then I dropped my phone into Falling Water Creek in about four feet of water. Yep. So dunk. All the way down, couldn't even see it. I knew about where it was, but I couldn't even see it. I had a little bit of a conniption. And I went in after it, of course, because it's my phone and I'm not rich. You know, I can't buy $100,000 horses and trucks and all that. I'm not rich. I can't afford my iPhone to be in the drink. And um, I went in after it, and it was cold. Just by the way, it was very cold today the water was extremely cold. It was like low fifties there in the valleys in the shade, probably upper forties, but the water was extremely cold. Like I still, my voice is still like a different pitch, but it's been hours ago. I've had a hot shower since then. But anyway, anyway, I went in after it and I found it somehow feeling around. couldn't see it, but I found it, pulled it out and I was praying. And I was like me. I'm just like, are you there? God, are you there? Cause I'm, I really need this phone to not die. I need it to work. Well, it's an iPhone, iPhones are waterproof, right? So they say, turns out it is because I'm recording on it right now, just a few hours later and you know, like actually my screen's not been this clean in forever as I sit here and look at it. Um, it did have the charging port was wet for a while. I couldn't get it charged, but we're plugged in now and obviously recording, so it's okay. Water phones or or iPhones are waterproof and that's awesome. Um, that was terrifying though, and it was a whole thing, so I had to go in after it. But before that actually happened, also I forgot, I did have an up note to today. I met a nice couple at Falling Waterfalls at the top half. I stopped to help them take pictures, because again, I like to be nice to people, and this is one of the fun things about being out there on these trails, y'all, getting to meet people and talk to them for a while and do nice things for people. They were trying to set up their phone with the the timer on so that they could take a picture with the waterfall in front of them. And, you know, they got it propped up on this little ledge and it's not, they can't get it straight. And I was like, would you like for me to take a picture of you guys together? And they were like, yes, please. So we did that. And they were some of the, they were so nice, man. They were so cute too. Like they're over there, just they're cheesing, man. And so I'm over here just doing my photography thing, right? I'm like, work it, work it, whatever. I'm trying not to fall off the bluff because they're sitting right on the bluff, with the waterfall behind them, Of course, Um, but I'm also looking at this bluff right here. Anyway, we talked for probably 10 minutes, man. They were so cool. They're from this little town that I used to deliver for FedEx. His name was Juan, and I forget his wife's name. And if you guys happen to listen to this because I gave you a card, please forgive me for forgetting your name, miss, because your husband was still talking when you went to say your name and I didn't catch all of it. And... It's been a couple of hours and I don't remember. But anyway, they were super cool people. They moved to Ola, Arkansas, which is a town of about 12 people and 6,000 chickens, um, 38 years ago from Los Angeles for whatever reason. And they've been there ever since and it's just it was super cool to meet them and connect with them and get to talk with them. So see that was an upside to today. So there's still good people out there today for all the people, all the butt heads who put their cigarette butts into the beautiful water and ride their stupid horses into the middle of a freaking pool of water someone's trying to take a picture of for all of those jackasses there are still some really nice kind people out there and that was really neat to get to connect with them and we got to talk for a few minutes and they were super super nice and hopefully i got some good pictures for them but all that to say then i took a dive into the creek i did get my phone back i did get a couple of pretty good pictures of the waterfall as a matter of fact and in the end you know what it was a big ass adventure today wasn't it I like, won it. I drove from. I dropped my daughter off with her mama at about eight thirty this morning to go have their thanksgivings. At least one. I think they might have had two. I don't know. At least one. And I took off straight from there. A from three-hour drive up to the Nars, and you've heard everything that happened there in between. And I rolled back into the house here about six o'clock tonight. So you do the math. It was a whole bunch of hours out there. I got to saw, see some really pretty things. I got to hike on some extremely beautiful landscape some the freaking grotto alone at fuzzy Butt, y'all the bluffs that you're driving up 123 coming down falling water creek and just go do it you need to get out and go do it and if you're out there if you were sitting around today not doing anything on your thanksgiving feeling sorry for yourself and you're going to be doing it again on christmas hey you just heard an idea start a new tradition go out there and explore something you've never seen before and have a good time but don't sit around on your butt, doing nothing, feeling sorry for yourself. Why did I start this podcast? To hopefully get you people off your butts and go out there and live your life before your life's over. It's what it's all about. Anyway, I think we're gonna call it with that because that is pretty much the end of today's show. Um, it is beautiful coming on down. The drive out is also really awesome. You come on down Falling Waterfall or Richland Creek Road or whatever, hook off. Go hit the highway to go into Ben-Hur and Ben-Hur, you end up on 123 again, but it's like 123 South possibly. And you follow it all the way down into Clarksville. And again, guys, they're just, it's bucolic. There's pastures, there's cows, there's horses all out in these beautiful lush green hay meadows. Like you're in this, you're still in the highlands, but you're dropping off the plateau, y'all. The mountains are still behind you. You're kind of in the foothills. There's still some dramatic views. The sun's going to be setting at this point, which it was for me. It was absolutely, really, really peaceful and content driving back home, even though I was soaking wet. That was miserable. That was real miserable. By the way, that water in Falling Water Creek, it smells real bad. Like, as soon as I quit recording here, I have to go start the washing machine can't have it running in the background, right? But the water stinks. Anyway, it's clear water. It's nice water. I would not drink it though, based on that smell. Um, But anyway, it's a trip that I think that you guys should all consider doing, man. Get up there and check it out. Try to do it. Well, I'd say on an off day, you'd think Thanksgiving day would be an off day, but there was still people out there. So whatever, it doesn't matter anymore. But it is a really awesome drive. If nothing else, it's an awesome drive. So I hope you guys get around at some point and go out there and check it out and do it. Um, And I guess that's going to do it for us tonight. I hope you guys will get out and do some of this, go out and do some exploring. I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving today. I hope that you get to listen to this tonight, or if you're out on this this long weekend on an adventure. I hope that you're listening and I hope that you are enjoying it. If you guys are enjoying the show, please like, and subscribe, please leave a review, a rating and review. Y'all we've got a few more on there. We've got like 14. Now those are hard to come by. It's like one in 2000 people leave a review. It's about what it comes out to. I need more of you go leave a review. It helps so, so, so much. So please rate and review wherever you're listening, share the videos, share the podcast into your Facebook groups like that makes huge difference. Big help. Word of mouth is the biggest way, the fastest way that we grow. So if you guys would do that, I'll be forever in your debt. And I really appreciate all of you that have been getting in touch and anyone that wants to, again, mywaywardstory at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website and you can access anything and everything we do there and contact us through the website, waywardstories.com. Guys, that's going to do it. A happy Thanksgiving to you all. Thank you for being here with me on it when I have no one else to be with tonight. And I look forward to catching you guys in a couple of weeks. We'll see what we have on the agenda for you then. I hope you guys have a safe holiday. If you do any drinking on your holidays, please do not drink and drive. Please. You guys be safe out there. And until we meet again, you guys remember to be good to each other.